Hey everybody, welcome to the Soulful Eclectic. I am your host, Diana Collins, and I want to welcome you to today's episode. If you are new, welcome, welcome, welcome. Thank you so much for taking the time to be with me. I so appreciate you and your time. If you are returning, I just want to say welcome back, welcome back, welcome back. Thank you, thank you, thank you for taking the time to sit with us, listen. I know it's just me and I always say us because sometimes I have another person with me. I am not schizophrenic, I promise you. But if I was, it's okay because it's okay. All right. So anyway, (laughs) without further ado, I want to just thank my lovely sponsors who are gifted with me um, sometime. And right now I have Anubis here who just loves when I'm taping because she just wants to be coddled. I swear I am a service human. That's what I am. A service human to, to my Anubis who is our pit bull rescue who just always when I am taping feels like I need love because I'm talking to you all through a mic and she thinks I need assistance. So she's working. And she's working it really bad because she's trying to get in my lap right now. And she's about 75 pounds solid muscle. But anyways, I love her. And she is the sweetest can be. And uh, I'll take it. I'll take I'll take the hugs and the love that she, she bestows upon me. At the moment, she's waiting for her dad to come back home from a bike ride. I know you are. Um, so she's in the window. Uh, back and forth, but since I started talking, she decided to come up here. Uh, Anyways, back to what I was saying. See, I can easily get diverted to other things that um, are just equally important, isn't it? Um, But yes, I was thanking my lovely sponsors who, you know, take the time out to be part of our podcast, number one, and also support the community. So I'd like to give them all a shout out whenever I so can. So today I am shouting out my dear friend, Sabrina Cowan, who has Kingdom Restoration, um, who goes out and helps other victims, uh, excuse me, survivors of domestic violence, as I am a survivor of domestic violence. And so is she, as you guys remember, uh, Sabrina was one of our guests on our show. And um, we talked about domestic violence. Well, she has Kingdom Restoration, which is geared to assisting individuals who have um, survived domestic violence and are getting through a domestic violence situation, as well as those who are living with homelessness. So we work together from time to time to help each other and help the community. So shout out to Sabrina Cowan. Also, a shout out to my friend Victoria Thompson, which you guys will meet at one point, at some point during our season here. But um, Victoria Thompson has unapologetically beast. And I just love her t-shirts, all her slogans, her swag, everything, because it just speaks to everything that I am about and I'm thinking, because as you all are aware, the podcast is about being your authentic self and she is unapologetically 
a beast at what she does. And so with that, I support, she supports me, I support her. We go back and forth. It's just a a thing that we do in our sisterhood. So Unapologetically Beast, my favorite t-shirt is, as I said the last episode, I'm just winging this shit. That's my favorite t-shirt. So if you guys ever can get a chance, please um, support. Yeah, I just say support. And also Collins Education Resource Management, which is my baby, And so we go out and help individuals who are trying to be successful in their healthcare careers and professions and helping them meet those benchmarks. So we offer tutoring services, workshops, and review courses that are held online. So we teach people from all over, which is great because I love helping my students who are both on American soil and on foreign soil. So I am appreciative to help all who are willing to learn. And also the Divine Nubian Essentials. So I am thankful to have Divine Nubian Essentials as my product because it is made for all to use in their hair and in, on their skin. And it's all natural. It can be used by old and the young and also it's safe for your environment 100% vegan so definitely check out Divine Nubian Essentials and see if you like our product I know I do anyways so let me just cut to the chase because today's a juicy episode I'm telling you it's been a quite quite an ordeal of happenings here since I started. Um, man, I tell you, I just, I don't know, even know where to begin. It's just, it's insane. It's insane. And, and not even bad insane. It's just life insane and life, um, life's journey and transition. And I thought, you know what, if I'm thinking about this and we're talking about this in our circle, then why not share it with everybody else out here. So here we are sharing, being our complete authentic selves, peeling back the layers and just saying, here we are, this is who we are and what can we do about it? So we've been having conversations and and I've been having these conversations in different circles. As everybody well knows, I am a healthcare professional. So I get the down and dirty of everything when we talk. (laughs) everybody just strips down and layers of who they are. And it's just like, this is me. I'm being 100% honest here. Help me. So one of the things that we were talking about, just to give you um, a little more clarity on what I'm saying, because I know that was just a whole muddy mess of things. But we were talking about us as we age. Now, I'm coming upon... um, I like to say a woman of a certain age, right? Because as we say, as women, we should not divulge our age, but some people do and they're proud of it. And I'm not knocking anybody. I'm very proud of my years. I am 47 and in three years, I'll be about 50. Um, So of course, everybody can do math, right? Duh. Um, But anyways, um, so yeah, I'm approaching that 50 mark. And, you know, we were talking in our circle about how life 
and us as women and we're changing and and we're saying like we don't see men or hear about men going through these different changes it doesn't happen to them and I'm like okay that's bs okay because men do go through the change okay they just don't vocalize it the way we do as women because when we as women are going through those hormonal changes it really does affect us right it affects our mood it, it affects our metabolism, how we are gaining weight and how we're able to not lose weight. It, it just affects us mentally, physically, and spiritually. So yes, we, we, we are very vocal about it. So one of the things that I wanted to, to I tell my friends that I want to share with everyone here is that men have the same issues except they don't speak on it because they were raised to to not talk about their feelings, not talk about um, their their erectile dysfunction. Like I talked about when I talked about penile health, right? So they they were raised not to discuss that unless it's their healthcare provider, and even then, it's like pulling teeth to get that. They won't say it to a female provider, but they'll share it with their male provider. So which is fine, as long as you're sharing it with someone, so you can get things. Um, get help for whatever issues that you may have. But anyways, so we talk about men not having the same experience, right? So let's start with us as women since I am a woman biologically. So I'm thinking, okay, here we are. So for those of us who are women biologically and we are experiencing that estrogen dip, that progesterone dip. We have had hysterectomies and either partial or or complete. All these things impact us. We're aging. So we got that postmenopausal thing going on. So we got all these pieces. Now, if you listen to the vaginal health um, talk that I did a couple of months ago, this speaks to that as well, because with those hormonal changes, as I said, we got mental, physical, and, and spiritual things that are happening with us. And most of the things that affect us that seems to be forefront for a lot of us is those sexual changes that happen when we are deficient in our hormones. So, um, in our circles that we were, we were we were talking, and it's just a couple of people that I was talking to, just to kind of get a perspective. Because again, if I'm going to have a conversation, I I would like to have references besides my research that um, I can refer to. And what it is is that for those of us that are in relationships, be it being married or being in a, a steady monogamous relationship with your partner for X amount of time. Once you hit a certain point, not only in the relationship, but in your uh, health-wise, we tend to decrease, have a decreased libido, right? No other way to say it, but that, to have a decreased libido. And with that, how do we combat those challenges? And I know we talked about intimacy and, and sex. That was one of the things, too, that we talked about was the difference between, in, the difference in how we view intimacy, and for us, as we, some of us, as we age, I don't want to generalize it, but for some of us, as we age, we view intimacy different. So my perspective of intimacy can be very different from 
when I was 30, when I was 20, and from when I was in my teens. Of course, it, it varies. And um, what happens is you meet different people in those those time frames. Now, I met my husband when I was later in life. So I was at that 40. So, you know, it was just like at that tip of the end where my hormone level was like at its peak. And then now it's starting to dip down, right? So we talked a lot about that and how we can navigate being more present. <laughs> That's the way I want to say it, right? Being more present because it's not that we're not present is just the fact that we have to change how we view it. I, I think that's what I'm trying to say. Because what happens is, right, I'm just going to use me and my husband as a reference point because I don't want to put anybody else's stuff out there. But if I'm going to have a talk show, I'm going to put my stuff out there. So here we are. Um, and there's nothing wrong with our life. It's just like you, with any relationship, when you hit a mark, you want to be better. And um, I, I don't believe in this seven-year itch kind of thing. And no, it's, it's just one of those things where you're constantly conversating with your spouse on how we can better communicate with one another. And as we age, the communication changes, right? So what I, how I would express myself five years ago is different than how I would express myself now. So with that, we had to sit down and have a conversation on what his version of intimacy looks like and what my version of intimacy looks like. Because from his perspective, my version of intimacy does not look like to him that I'm interested in him at all. So, you know, it, he has that constant battle of, do you find me attractive? Do you, you know, what? Do you not want to have sex with me? Do you want all these things run through, you know, his mind? And he is comfortable with himself to have that conversation with me. Most men are not comfortable to have that conversation. So we as women and uh, are left to figure it out, thinking that we're what we're doing is perfectly fine when in actuality, it probably isn't for that person at that time. It was probably fine five, 10 years ago, but now it probably isn't, which leads me to believe in my opinion, that is why individuals, both men and women, decide to step out on their relationship because either one of two things happens. They don't have the conversation on how to get their intimacy needs met because it has changed and they don't know how to express that. So um, they don't know how to communicate it. And that's actually two things, right? They don't know what it looks like. They don't know how to express it. Um, so therefore, they don't know how to communicate that need to their significant other. And then... And that goes for women too. That goes for women too. Like we really need to sit down and, and like we say in, in healthcare, do a needs assessment. <laughs> do a needs assessment. What do we need in our relationship now where it is? 
not where it was when you first met, not where it was when you were five years into your relationship, when you were 10 years into your relationship, where you are right now. Because you can't judge from in the beginning because in the beginning it was new, it was warm, fuzzy, all the bells and whistles were going on. Now you're past that bells and whistles. Now you're at that, what we like to call the day-to-day living in a relationship. How are you going to maintain that spark, that intimacy, that closeness? And honestly, I don't have the answers. I don't. It's a constant change. It's a constant communication. It's a constant effort that we have to put out there. Um, I, it, I make a joke to um, my husband about it. And I say, what, you need me to stand on my head and, you know, do a whole song and dance or something? I don't understand because sometimes that's how I feel about it, that I feel I'm communicating and showing intimacy and he feels that is not enough. So I have to listen to that and say, okay, he's telling me that it's not enough. He's telling me he needs more. What does that look like? And he can't answer me. And I find that's a lot of the conversation that we were having because it's not just him. My friends, significant others, and, you know, have that same question because, you know, we, we talk in our circle and we go back and say, hey, what do you need from me kind of thing? And they look at you like, yeah, I need you to cook dinner. No, nah, I'm just playing. But you know what I mean? That's what I'm saying. They just like, I don't know. What are you talking about? What do I need from you? And then when you really sit down and, and explain it to them, they're looking at you like, nah, baby, everything's good. But when it's really not, and you really need to sit down and have that conversation because we're going to be married for 20, 30 years. And it, it and I say that because I, I it, it, marriage takes work. This, this shit is hard. And every year that we're married and we're not trying to kill each other, I'm like, yay, success for us, right? So that's the part that I wanted to really share with everybody and have a conversation about and want you to have a conversation about because it it it's work. It's real. It's you can't just go out there. I mean, I guess you can, and people do, which is why there's you know polygamy and whatever the case may be. And I am not scoffing at anyone's lifestyle. Um, to each his own. I am not judging. I'm just saying that that could be why is because. They don't know how to communicate what they need. Just they know how to communicate what they want very well. We all do. We we communicate what we want easy. But for some reason, when we want to, we can't communicate what we need when we need to. And that's what I want us all to try to get better at doing. I'm working on it on a day-to-day basis on communicating better with what it is that I need, identifying within myself what it is that I need, and then taking it and having a conversation with my my husband about what it is I need, and then asking him, what do you need from me? How many of us actually ask our spouses, what do they need from you? We go through our day-to-day just, you know, oh, I cook, I clean, I do laundry, I go to work, I pay bills, you know, 
We sit and we have dinner. We go out to dinner with friends. We go here. We go there. But honestly, have you really asked what it is that they need? And are you willing to give them what they need? That is the other question. And you have to sit with yourself and ask yourself these questions. And I believe that that is one of the reasons why a lot of, I want to say, yeah, I want to say a lot of relationships and marriage fail because we don't know what it is we want and need. We know some of the want, but we don't know a lot of the need to help us. And we really need to sit within ourselves to figure that out. Otherwise, you're, we're both just spinning our wheels on how to be better humans for each other. And I, you know, it's funny, we, my husband and I, we went to um, an adult store, right? Because again, as I said, we're trying to keep ourselves up and running. And sorry, mom, if you're actually listening to my podcast and you hear me say this, yes, I did go to an adult store and um, with my husband and we, I saw this card and I, and I laughed. That, this is why I mentioned it. I saw a card in the store and it said, um, are you willing to have the same vagina every day for the next 50 years or something like that? And he looked at me. He's like, yeah. He answered it without a, skipping a beat. And I don't know if it was because the clerks behind the, the register were looking at him and he was like, just had to answer and so um, afterwards, we had a conversation about it. And I was like, you answered really quick. Are you sure about that? And he was like, yeah. I said, he's like, I didn't get married just to get divorced. He said, when we get got married, I said, you are my first and only marriage. I am not doing this again. And I meant what I said. And, you know, I am willing to do whatever I need to do and communicate to you what it is that I need. And um, to continue to have us be a successful unit. And so when I said that, I meant that. Yes, I am committed to being with you. And so I was like, okay. But I'm glad I asked because otherwise I would have been spinning my own wheels about, oh, does he really want to be here? Does he want to go somewhere else? That kind of thing. So I challenge you all to sit down and have that conversation with your significant other and say, hey, what is it that you need from me to, as you know, in this time frame, right? And, and I say time frame because we change as we age, as we, you know, move on from career to career. We're changing. We're constantly evolving. So at this present moment today, what do you need from me? And would you be willing to share with me when that changes? And go from there. And as I said, I don't have the perfect answers. I don't have the solutions. My marriage is not 100% perfect. Nobody's is. Well, I don't know. Maybe somebody's is. I don't want to say nobody's is. But that's something that you have to be willing to sit and have a conversation about. And I know, early, you know, I mentioned, you know, being biologically female um, 
And that's no disrespect to anyone because my individuals who have transitioned either male to female, female to male, that's a whole different bag of hormones and adjustments that we need to tackle. That's a whole separate um, thing. So now, since I just mentioned it, let's talk about it. All right. So talking about those are individuals that have transitioned from male to female, female to male, their hormones are coming from an outside source. Right. So they are not going to have um, that hormone decrease like we do unless they're out of balance. Then you'll start to feel it. Otherwise, their hormones are delivered from an outside source. So they're going to maintain a pretty consistent balance as long as they're getting their follow-ups the way we're all supposed to. Now, here's the caveat with that. When our, and I'm, I'm trying to, I'm, I'm, I guess I'm not trying to, um, I'm trying to say it respectfully and also give the right information because, you know, I, I got so many thoughts running through my head and I don't want to get them all jumbled up because as I, as, as I navigate this, this is actually part of my dissertation for my doctorate. But, um, so I'm trying to pull information from there and then life information and, and make it make sense. But individuals who have outside source for their hormone replacement, who have transitioned, like I said, female to male, male to female, have that outside source, uh, testosterone, estrogen, progesterone, etc. So they may not have those dips like we have for those of us who are biologically male, biologically female. That poses a different challenge because they have been put into a pure pubescent state. So think about when you were a teenager in that 12 to 18 when your hormones really started to kick in and you were, your your sexual activity were was heightened. So now you have that in a now adult. So as the spouse or the significant other of someone who has transitioned that's a whole different conversation. And believe me, I would love to sit and have a talk with anyone who's willing to share because it's hard to navigate that because that person has the hormone level of a 13-year-old boy and here you are sitting at 30, 40 years old, and you're trying to slow it down and they're revved up and ready to go. How do you handle that, right? So that's a whole, like I said, that's a whole different conversation, but yet it kind of falls into that same thing because it's that conversation again. How do you have that conversation? And the same with female to um, male to female, where we're, we're pumping them with, you know, their levels of estrogen and progesterone that they need to sustain themselves as females and they're in that whole prepubescent um heightened sexual stage too how are their spouses handling that 
You know, what does that look like for them? And then honestly, you know, having that sit down conversation with each other and say, babe, I can't be going at it every night. We're going to have to take a break or, you know, and be honest in what you're saying. That is hard. That's a hard conversation. And I've, I've had conversation again, like I said, in my circle. And I do have a few friends who have spouses who have transitioned. And that's made, one of their complaints is, I can't keep up. I can't keep up. How, how do I keep up with this, this schedule that they, they want me to have? And I, and I feel their pain. It's, it's rough for them. And, and I only say that because my husband is younger than I am just by a few years. But even that is like, come on, I'm tired. I've been working all day. Can we like put this on the calendar for another day? And sometimes, I know that sounds really harsh, but sometimes you may need to, especially when both of you are working and you have other things going on, um, other volunteer things, other work things, whatever. We have so many things that we are doing that maybe it's not such a foregone conclusion for you to put it on the schedule and, and have plan days. I know it takes the spontaneity out of things and maybe you can have some individual response, you know, put it on your own schedule when you want to be spontaneous. I mean, they don't have to know that it's not actually spontaneous, that you actually put it on your calendar that, okay, outside of our Monday, Wednesday, Friday, whatever kind of schedule you create, I'm going to, you know, dress up on Tuesday, whatever. And I'm just making up stuff. Um, Honestly, I don't even have a schedule. Um, I don't even know what the hell to do. So, yeah. I'm, like I said, guys, I'm just winging this shit. And that is some honesty right there. Um, but, yeah, so it's just one of those things. And, like I said, I am so open to have the conversation with anyone who's willing to have it. Like I said, I have a few friends, not very many who have spouses that are transitioned. And that is one of the things that we did talk about was the fact that the hormones have them at that whole prepubescent, if not pubescent state. And they're like horny teenagers. So adjusting to that is a whole different ball of wax. So it's one of those things, again, that you need to have a conversation with your spouse and say, hey, I know this is where you are, but this is where I am. How can we meet in the middle so that you get your knees met, I get my knees met, and we're both in a pleasant place with one another, not trying to seek help outside of our marriages and relationships. And nobody wants to, to hear that. But when your spouse communicates that to you and it's like, shit, that's a real thing. And, and, it, and it is. And you can't be, I mean, you can if you so choose to be like, well, whatever. If that's what, if that's what you want to do, then you go ahead. I mean, you can be that way because, you know, people are that way. But really sit within yourself and decide, hey, what do I, what do I want? What do I, what do I want the next month, week to look like? When it comes to our relationship, it doesn't have to go all the way out because like I said, we change. So what do I want it to look like? And just 
ask yourself this conversation, write it down, and then have a conversation about it. We need to talk to each other more. During the pandemic, I mean, we did. We talked to each other a lot, right? Because you were in the house with your spouse. You were face-to-face. And, you know, you had to to have those deep conversations. Eh, Maybe, maybe not. But now that some things are semi back to the way it was before the pandemic, now no one's having those conversations because now we're, we're, you know, back to the norm, so to speak. So who's now the conversation is like, eh, okay, do I really need to have the conversation? But yeah, you do. You do. So sit down, think about it for yourself and then pose a question to your spouse or pose a question to your spouse together and then write them out separately and then come back and see where you are and then see if you're both on the same page. And if you're not, how can you get on the same page? Because I'm sorry, I'm not trying to be on anybody's dating site. I am not swiping left, right, up, down, you name it. I'm not doing it. All right. I don't go to bars. I am not that person. So if something were to happen to my spouse, you know, God forbid he passes before me or God forbid he leaves me. I am not going out here, put myself out here trying to get to know somebody again and, you know, no. And it's not to say that nobody is worth that time. That's not what I'm saying. It's the fact that it is time. And with everything that I have put into not just my marriage, but relationships before my marriage. I had two other relationships that were long-term before I married my husband. He was number three. So before him, there were two others and I gave a lot of time. Y'all, I'm tired. (laughs) I'm just going to be honest. I'm tired and I don't think I have it within me to, to really give any more of that time to, to, to anyone else. And so my husband, you know, we had this conversation and he's like, well, you wouldn't remarry if something happened to me. And I said, hell no, hell no. Okay. I have enough dealing with Mary, marrying you. I don't want to do that again. I really don't. And if that means that I walk alone for the remainder of my years, then I walk alone. But honestly, to really go out and actively seek somebody, nah. If somebody happens along while I'm traveling, living my best life on set, on a new film or whatever, and it happens, eh, okay. I may entertain it. I may not. But to actively go out and and put myself out there, sorry, not going to happen. And I'm okay with that. I'm okay with that. So with that, I'm going to just close out and just say this. Let me know how you feel about this conversation. If anything resonated with you, if you had questions, if you just want to sit and talk and jam about how you feel and how you've changed over the years, I'm down to listen if you're down to talk. 
With that, I'm going to close out and say thank you for taking the time to spend with me. Take care of yourself and each other. Be a good human. I try every day. Some days I succeed. Some days it's a total failure. But at the end of the day, at least I tried. So take care, guys. Namaste.